Welcome to Model Minority Moms, where we talk about the meaning of success in career, family, and life. We are Jeanette Park, Kate Wong, and Susan Liu, Harvard classmates and Asian American working moms who get real about the pressures of fitting in while standing out. Welcome again to another episode of Model Minority Moms. We have received questions from listeners like you for our series called For Real Though, where we invite you to send along any thoughts, any questions, and we'll talk about them. So Kate, you want to read the next one? Sure. So this question is from a listener named Faye. She asks, can you discuss how you each started your mental health journeys and the process to find a good mental health professional? It seems like all three of you regularly visit psychologists, and that has been instrumental in helping you process and think through some of your immigrant slash Asian American experience. For the majority of AAPIs, I think visiting a mental health professional is still greatly stigmatized and daunting, and there are not a lot of resources out there for those of us looking to start. What a good great. question. Yeah, it's so great. I mean, Faye, I just, even as much as we all say it's all about taking care of yourself, self-care, reaching out, asking for help, it's still really hard to do, for sure. And, and that family judgment around it, or even friend judgment, being seen as inferior or like weak because you reach out for help. That's, it's, it's still rampant. Like it's still a, a thing even in 2022. So do you guys want to share the summary of your therapist journey? I could go first. So sure. I'm going to try to keep this brief. Actually, I feel like this could be its whole, whole own episode. Uh, and hopefully none of this is too triggering for anyone. I feel like I need to put like a, you know, like the disclaimer, like if you need mental health help, like please seek for me, my mental health therapy journey actually started in college. My sophomore year, I was, in hindsight, severely depressed. And I also, it was probably the most depressed I've been in my life. I, I would say it was getting so bad that I was having suicidal ideation and uh, like not acting on them, but definitely they were like a recurring feeling and thought. And again, in hindsight, I would say that a lot of things that I had experienced in my family from growing up and in my teens was just like really starting to come to the surface. And it was also a time when school-wise, I had really overburdened myself. So I was taking more courses probably than I could healthily handle. And a lot of them were very challenging. And so I also had just a lot of other stresses in my life, which I would say, you know, is something I, I also take into consideration more just about how overall stress in my life, like my physical health, like how that's interacting with my mental and emotional health. And so actually Jake was the one who told me, you need to go talk to somebody, like you're not in a good spot. So I sought counseling through school. The, you know, the school had a set of mental health specialists that I saw and I probably saw, I was very lucky to find a Korean American woman on staff and I probably saw her for about three or four months. And I would say like kind of my acute, like, you know, episode of depression, kind of like these, you know, very scary kind of unhealthy thoughts had passed. And then I stopped seeing a therapist and I didn't see one again. So that was probably when I was like 19 or 20. And I didn't see one again until I was like 25. And then I saw somebody again for a year and she was a white woman in her fifties. And I talked through a lot of my family stuff with her and I would say, even though she couldn't really empathize with parts of my experience, it was still helpful just to create the space where I was talking through a lot of these things and just even listening to myself and realizing some things about myself as I was talking. So, you know, I had 
therapy when I was like 19, 20. And then again, when I was like 24, 25. And then I started back up again when probably I was like more recently when I was like 35, 36, 37. So it's kind of been sporadic. And I'm seeing, still seeing this therapist now. He is a Korean-American therapist based here in Seattle. And I found the white lady in Boston through literally like not therapist.com, but I would just Google how to find a therapist in Boston. And then there were directories and I reached out to a bunch of people. And I think I met with three and she felt like the best fit at the time from what was available. And so I, I saw her for a year. And then this my most recent therapist I got from a personal referral from a friend. So so that's been kind of my therapy journey in a nutshell. Yeah, but I'll I'll stop there. How about you guys? Quick quick question for you. Do you only choose therapists that are in network for you or do you are you like mm, I really like this person or they have a specialization with Koreans or something like that and I will go out of network. Like do, is that ever a factor for you in terms of finding the right fit? Well, so when I was in college it was covered by the college health plan. So that wasn't a factor. And I would say both the other times, I was very fortunate in that the insurance plan that I was on and I am now on for mental health, like they don't have like in network, out of network like stuff. So you could, you're, you're free to choose the person and you do have to pay out of pocket first and then submit for reimbursement, but there's not a coverage kind of consideration. So, you know, I'll, also realizing that therapy can be really expensive. And so I think that's a real thing. In my particular situation, it was greatly mitigated, but I totally recognize that that is not everyone's situation and that that is definitely a privilege. How about you guys? Mm. Hey, you want to go next? Sure. Yeah, I guess mine started also in college where I also, like Jeanette, retrospectively, I think I was like had a period of depression but it was more, I just felt really, because I wanted to want to drop out, but I wanted to take a leave of absence. But it wasn't, I think, until maybe closer to senior year where I think I had anhedonia. <laughs> I just stopped sh showing up for classes. Like I just was What so is anhedonia over. again? It's like take no taking basically loss of interest in things, right? Which like, is a symptom of depression. Yes, which is yes. a symptom of depression. And in fact, I got in trouble because I stopped showing up to one of my classes and then the the teaching fellow reached out to one of the tutors in our in our in, in our dorm. Anyway, so I did see somebody also probably at the, you know, Harvard for a little bit, but I didn't, you know, I think at the time I just because there was no real pressing thing. It was just a feeling of malaise. I didn't have like, you know, at the time, any specific thing that I was uh, upset about. And I think also at the time, I felt like there was a internal mechanism that made me feel like I didn't, you know, feel like I didn't really want to continue, you know, like a denial mechanism. And then I didn't access like regular mental health care until we moved to Seattle here in 2016. I think in a previous episode, I detailed, so I'll just briefly say here that I basically had like, I don't know, in colloquial terms, let's just say I had a meltdown slash like, like, anxiety attacks. And so Nerev actually also like told me, he was like, you need to, we need to find somebody for you. So that's how I found my first therapist here, uh, which was actually through, now I'm trying to remember, I think I was referred to some other therapist, but they weren't covered by insurance. And then they suggested I look at this person. She belonged to a Christian therapy network. Actually, she was neither, she was not Asian, but, and, and I think this is something where I've realized now that I have a bunch of therapists, I know that some people feel like having an AAPI therapist, it, an AAPI therapist is really important if you're AAPI. But for me personally, I think it really depends on your situation. So my first therapist here in Seattle is not AAPI. And you'd think 
her being Christian maybe was a big deal. Actually, that wasn't even a big deal either. The the thing, the reason why she was a good fit for me at the time is that her method. She used um, um, DR, which we've discussed previously, which is like a somewhat controversial method of, of of treatment where you basically use like it's to process physical trauma, basically. And and so that specific approach really worked well for me because I had some very specific physical trauma I had to process. So she was a great fit for that time. And then she just she basically, I think, left the practice and I didn't know about it. So then I had to go find another therapist. And I thought this time maybe I should oh, find... Oh, that seems like very unprofessional, though. I mean, Yeah, like, I didn't know that she had which, left until... Yeah, like, should office... she, like, tell her patients? Yes. Okay. Theoretically, she should. But I think yeah. she had some weird stuff going on in her family, which I kind okay. of, like, knew about. So... Yeah, but it sucked because I actually liked her. But also we were toward the end of processing that trauma. So actually it was like the timing was fine. And so I thought maybe I should find an Asian therapist because we were having some issues with my in-laws at the time. And I thought, well, someone with like an Asian background would be great. So I was referred to actually ACRS, which is an Asian counseling like service here in Seattle. And my therapist is Taiwanese American. But honestly, you know, even though she could understand the cultural dynamics, I just felt as a therapist for me, she was not very effective because I am very good at talking around people. And I'm very good at talking in a way that kind of, unless you're a very perceptive and very proactive, sharp therapist, you can get talked around by me. And I just felt like I could lie to her and not be held accountable for things that I said. Does that make sense? And so I just... Our personalities were not a good match. So it didn't matter that she was Asian and understood, yeah. right, the cultural dynamics. And so I didn't have a therapist, actually, when when my f- oldest daughter was born. I had a psychiatrist. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention the whole time. I have had a psychiatrist since, the same psychiatrist since 2016 and have been on a couple different kinds of medication with him. And he's been fine, although now I really need to find a new psychiatrist because I feel like he's only seeing me to get money for his uh, prescription. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other story. But, but could important. you also just outline, because I think Faye talked about psych- seeing psychiatrists and like she I've never, yeah, yeah she, she said all three of you regularly visit psychologists. Psychologist. Okay. Yeah. So, but like. There's a difference between yeah, therapist, psychologist, and, and psychiatrist. psychiatrist. Yeah. So a psychiatrist is a medical doctor, MD, who goes to medical school and specializes in psychiatry and only they can prescribe medication. Like therapists and psychologists cannot. They are not medical professionals, right? And then for psychologists, you typically would get an MS or advanced degree in clinical psychology. And then I don't know what the licensing is. Yeah, I'm not sure what the license licensing is, but but I know like a therapist has a wider range of background. So I think I've had some therapists who have been social workers. Their background mm-hmm. is in social work actually, right? And and I think believe they are not able to prescribe medication. So just wanted to kind of put that out there. Like, you know, you don't necessarily, like in my experience, like you don't necessarily need to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. You could start with a therapist who are generally more available. Yeah. And I agree with you, Kate, that it feels like the personality match is more important than, you know, probably for most people than like the, the kind of you know, which category, like the person Ethnicity. falls in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I would say, you know, the reason why I saw a psychiatrist at the same time I saw a therapist is because I was having a, like panic attacks. Like if you have something that's very acute, acute, yeah. you should see a psychiatrist. That's my personal opinion, because yes, therapy and talk therapy is really great, but it does take time. 
to change your ideations or to adjust them. Whereas medication, uh, of course, under the guidance of an appropriate and like a an ethical medical professional who can prescribe the right medication, it can have faster results. Like for me, so it basically gave me enough stability to be able to actually act on the therapy that I was receiving. But I do think, you know, this is a separate question of how do you find the right psychiatrist, et cetera. But I mean, very quickly for me, basically I needed it to be covered by insurance. And also I wanted someone who was conservative because I'd never taken medication before. And so, you know, I, it, I think this could be a whole separate episode in terms of how you can tell whether a psychiatrist is trigger happy or not. A lot of them are, I think. But yeah, so just that's a good sort of di to differentiate the difference between the three types of mental health professionals that we've had experience with. And I've never seen a psychologist myself. It's I've only ever seen a psychiatrist or and a therapist. So yeah, so I didn't have a therapist for a couple of years and postpartum, I developed pretty bad postpartum anxiety after my first. I was on a very low dose medication, but I actually went off because I was like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Like after five or six months, bad decision. <laughs> Should not have gone off of my meds. And so the second time around, I had my psychiatrist again. And also I found a perinatal therapist, meaning someone specialized in therapy around like pregnant for pregnant women or moms, right? Because of my postpartum anxiety last time, a lot of it revolved around my new identity as mom, et cetera. So and my current therapist, I actually, she was referred to me by me and Nira's former couples therapist. She is a white lady who is a mom and she is covered by insurance. And that is important to me because, it, you know, it costs a lot like out of pocket. And luckily I like her. And I think the fact that she is white doesn't actually make too much of a difference here because a lot of our conversation is around you know, being a parent and the struggles of being a mom, the dynamics around family. Some of it is cultural, but I feel like the cultural aspect I've already talked, you know, is, is just is a little bit less relevant these days for me. And so I think for my current stage in life, she is a good fit. Now, am I going to stay with her forever? No. And I think that's the other thing that's important to keep in mind is that I think somehow I feel like maybe people think that, oh, you have to find like the perfect therapist and then you're going to stay with that person forever. But I think maybe on based on my own experience, sometimes it takes a while to find the right person. It's like dating, right? Like I've, oh, sorry, I, I omitted a therapist who I guess was so not useful to helpful to me that I forgot to mention her. I did see somebody in between having both babies, but you know, for about six months, she's Korean American, but she's nice. But the same thing I could, I felt like I could talk circles around her, you know, not doctor, not the guy, the one that you, the two of you saw. I know that Susan and Jen are having a chat. Did you see this person? But yeah. And so I, I feel like it, it, it could be really dependent on what stage of life you're in. You know, you could be struggling with different things or maybe the first one or two therapists, if you encounter one and it's not a good fit, don't be disheartened because there are just so many different therapists out there. And it is hard. And I also do think therapists understand, like I've had dates with a couple of therapists, like first time, first dates where, you know. It was like, well, if you're interested, follow up. And then if you don't follow up, they know that it wasn't a good match. I feel like, you know, if they're professionals, they don't take it personally. So I, I think that is important to keep in mind, right? That it may take maybe a try or two. And also that, you know, sometimes you may outgrow a therapist depending on where you are in your journey. That's yeah. it. Susan? And one other element I'll add to that is just the supply and demand of therapists. Yeah. Like with the pandemic, I know that many therapists now have waiting lists. And then when you finally feel ready, like I am ready to ask for help, I am ready to support myself, it becomes this like giant spreadsheet exercise 
uh, looking for anyone who's in network or out of network or that you're going to super bill, which is like you take the bill and then you get a reimbursement. That's actually a fit for you and available. It's like there's so many factors that sometimes it's like, yeah, I want to be choosy and I want to find the right fit. And then it's and sometimes it's like, is anyone even available? Can I even have a conversation with one person? Will they even return my email? That's what I've heard from other friends that were looking during the pandemic. And that's so hard. That's so frustrating because you're like, another task for me while I'm floundering right now, like when I'm struggling. So I just want to speak that. Um, I am on my husband's insurance. And so we get access to lyra.com, L-Y-R-A.com, where you can, it's also membership-based, so you don't need to be under insurance that takes lyra.com, but you could apply for our membership and pay per month, or you can be under insurance that covers it. And then that's a really great search engine to find therapists that are available and in your state. Otherwise, it's like, psych, I think it's, is it Psychology Today yeah, is also a search engine? Yeah, that's where I found my, the white woman in Boston. That's where I found her, psychologytoday.com. Yeah, you just read a profile, a couple paragraphs on their discipline or their, their specialties, and you're like, mm, okay, and you reach out and send them a form email of like, where you're at and what's going on right now. You do need to find someone that is licensed in your state because otherwise they can't see you. I mean, because of the pandemic now, you can see people more remotely, which is really great uh, for care. Okay, let me talk about my journey with mental health. I I informally sought out the help of counselors when I was in middle school and high school. Just I would talk to my teachers a lot. I didn't no one would call it formal therapy, but I was looking for help after my mom died when I was in sixth grade. And so I've always been like talking to trusted adults. When I got to Harvard, I just had so much anxiety around assignments. And there was, yes, there's Harvard University Health Services, which has like therapists and psychiatrists there. But then I felt like there was this like, do you remember there was like a a study bureau or something? Yeah, that's where, yes, I think that's where also I saw my therapist. They had a study bureau that also like coordinated the tutoring program, like peer tutoring program, but they also right, had right. a small team of therapists. Right. So I, I didn't see her. I didn't. It was just someone I could go talk to about anxiety around assignments because I was like, for some reason, I couldn't ever f- start or finish anything on time. I was just too stressed out at school. So I started seeing her and I remember the creaky stairs to go all the way up to talk, but I never called her my therapist. And I was like, oh, she's just like a really nice lady. And I saw her probably for two years. But I started therapy because it was a, I got an ultimatum. So I was volunteering at Phillips Brooks House Association. I was co-directing a summer camp for urban youth in Boston. And before the summer started, I had trouble making decisions and getting out of bed and buying groceries for myself. And I just couldn't accomplish things. I was like too overwhelmed. And my, my boss's boss was like, we need to talk. And I said, okay. And she was like, I think you need help. And I think you cannot run the summer camp unless you go seek help through a therapist. And I see a lot of me in you and I want you to know I care about you, but that's your choice. And I had never um, had anyone say no to me before or like, I was like, am I getting fired? Like, what is this, right? I had also had a panic attack where I started getting hives on my fingers and my skin was expanding. And it was like, it had happened to me once in high school too, where my entire body broke out in hives. 
So I knew it was stress induced and I didn't trust myself that night. And I had this conversation with my supervisor, supervisor, and I checked myself into Harvard University Health Services into the hospital for a night because I just, I didn't, like there was something going on and I didn't know what was going on. And I wanted to stay for that summer. I mean, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have stayed that summer. It was actually a really hard summer. But I was like, I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to be a failure. I didn't want to go back to my hometown in Santa Rosa after being like the first kid at my high school to go to Harvard and then just like come home that summer and like work at my dad's nail salon. Like I didn't want to. What was my other option at that point when it was like a few weeks into the summer, you know, of like what you're doing for the summer and the story around like if it was cool or not with our peers, right? So I said, okay, I'm going to start therapy. My first therapist was a super waspy woman. She had big pearls, J. Crew pop collar. And I was like, okay. And I just sat down and started talking to her. And I felt so judged the entire session. I, 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 I was like, did she not like me? She had Nantucket written all over her forehead. You know, like I was just like, there was like, I felt so uncomfortable. This person was through, through Harvard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And she's a white woman. And I was just like, I felt, I was like, oh my God, therapy sucks. Like, I hate therapy. And, and they also had me see a psychiatrist who was like, would you like medication? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, can we just, how about some, some holistic stuff, you know? And so I had to take a cocktail of like six things, like vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, flax, flaxseed oil, fish oil, and omega-3 before it was so cool. And so I said, I'm just going to take all these medicines. I had to like, I had, I trained myself to swallow, I think, 12 pills at once because it was so many. But I, and I trained these were myself. all prescribed by your psychiatrist, these supplements? Yeah. yeah. She said, you can either take one pill or you can take these 12 pills. Okay. And also, I think you should go shopping. That's what she told me. She fucked. I was like, how can you assume I even have money? Like, you can tell all these other girls to go shopping, but. I don't have money to go shop. I, I don't have money for retail therapy, which I thought was very irresponsible of her to say. So then I was like, OK, I'm going to take all these pills. And then I asked the receptionist, who's really grumpy, which is like ironic that she was like working in the therapy floor. But she was kind of mean of like, can I switch? I didn't I didn't know I was actually empowered to switch or that it took to actually know that you can date therapists at the time. I found the Korean American therapist that Jeanette also had. And I continued to talk to her for the next three years. And the thing is, is I did what Kate did was I, I talked around her because therapists all have like different like tools that they use. And this one was just like seriously talk therapy where she just listened. They don't give opinions. They don't tell you what to do. They don't react to things. They're very neutral. And then they scribble things on paper. And you're like, what are you doing? Like drawing produce? I don't know. But I had a safe space to listen, to process a lot around my mom's death and around achievement and my issues with my father. Then I graduated and this was all under health insurance from the school. So it was free, which was great. I didn't go to a therapist, even though I probably should have continued until I was in a relationship with a man and we were having trouble. And so we went to go see a couple's therapist. And after about like six sessions, I was like, oh, we should break up. And he's like, no. And it was just I was like, ah. We so graduated in 07. And then when was this couple's therapy? 2011. Okay. Okay. So not that far off. Um, well, eventually I moved away from San Francisco. I didn't see her. And we also eventually broke up. I went to grad school at Yale. And I just felt like something was off. I, I think it, when my hemorrhoids, okay, T TMI, when my hemorrhoids come back, I know I'm really stressed out. And usually it happens at school or when I'm about to have a big show or something. Like, like what my body tells me when it's stressed out. 
And so I, I was at Yale getting my MBA and I was like, okay, I just need to see somebody. And I, it wasn't for anything particular. I just knew I was like, I was starting, it's this feeling like this new intuition of like, I'm starting to feel a little unstable. I, I had a black older woman therapist. Actually, I had a man first and I felt too attracted to him. I don't like having male therapists. I think I eventually fall in love with them because they're like listening and affirming you. And I'm like, I was like, I have a boyfriend. This is not a good idea. Hey, Marvin, surprise. I never told you that. So I quit the male therapist because he it just, I just but you can't. you did the responsible thing, which is like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I have these feelings. So I'm going to change something about the structure, right? right. Like, it, I, I just was like, I, I don't want to start saying things so I can get his approval or like, I, I just, I felt like, I, I don't know, maybe I watched too many rom-coms. Also, it's I like never, a distraction, right? It, it, totally. It became not about me. So I, I had to switch and there was no comment about switching. Like he never said anything. Like, I think you're right that therapists just understand that for whatever rhyme or reason, you're just not going to stay with them. So I found this older black woman. Sometimes she would be like, hell yeah, you should quit that. And I was like, okay. You know, like she was like, she she made me feel bold about my decisions and confident about my decisions. And maybe she stepped out a little bit, but I, I needed that energy. And so what I'm going to say here is like, sometimes your therapists are going to meet you for what you need in that reason, for that reason in that season. I graduated Yale. So then our so relationship- what time period are, are we talking about now? It was about a, that was 2014. So all of 2014, like one academic year I saw her. And then I I moved to Seattle. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, Seattle has been the biggest kick in the butt of my life in terms of career, where I've had three jobs in the period of four years, which I would credit the universe for being like, no, you should like do something else, like go to the arts. I quit one job for another job. And then I got fired from the next two jobs. So the first time I ever got fired in my life, I was looking for a job and I was unemployed and nervous and scared. And being on the job hunt is a very scary time. So then I joined my husband's insurance because I didn't have a job anymore. And I found a woman who was across the street from our apartment who she's a white woman who specialized in like Buddhism. Like she has a Buddhist practice, but she looks at therapy from a Buddhist lens. And she also specialized in, get this, people who have lost their parents when they're children. It was so specific to me. It was like the universe had delivered me my perfect therapist. And so I stayed with her until I found a job because because I knew that while I was looking for a job, I was going to be pretty unstable and lonely and scared and very anxious. So I kind of got ahead of that and made sure I found a therapist right when I got fired. And then when I found a job, it was a natural parting. It's it's so I think that's another factor is like when do I say goodbye? And in each of these scenarios, it was basically my insurance with that institution ran out or that clear reason of why I had the therapist change. I did have a a uh an Asian woman therapist. I don't know if this question was for me to go through all my therapists. Maybe I hope there's learning for each story. Yeah. She said, can you discuss how each of you started your mental health journeys and the process to find a good mental health? Okay. So yeah. Okay, good. I'm still on track. So I found a therapist while I was pivoting to become an artist. And I was like, wow, I'm doing something kind of nuts right now. I need a therapist. Like I need someone on my journey. And so she was, she was Asian. 
And she just had like cousin vibes, like almost equal sister age vibes or like cousin vibes where I felt like she was just really understanding. And I think when I was processing a lot of stuff around my dad, she was just like really understanding. And and so it was kind of helpful that she was full Asian in this respect. But again, it was mostly talk therapy. So sometimes I just I would just use the whole hour and just dump. And then I'd like have like two or three action items that I would write down and be like, OK, OK, I'm going to try that. And then I would see her in the beginning. I saw her weekly and then eventually biweekly. And so it was just interesting. Like I, I like to walk out of sessions with like, OK, what, what am I going to try differently? I changed insurance. I got a, I think my husband changed jobs or. Oh, no, I got pregnant. And then when I was postpartum, I wanted to put like a, a perinatal therapist. And so I told her that she understood. And then I found a, the only one who was available was this very older white woman. And she just really got what I was going through. And she got the hormonal stuff, too. So that's when I went for someone specialized. And then Marvin changed jobs. So the insurance changed again. And then now I have a half Japanese, half white woman who, honestly, she's just like affirming mom energy. She's just like, oh, honey, I'm so proud of you. Like. Seriously, that's like most of it. But you know what? Like, that's actually what I need right now is a little bit more assurance and confidence from like an older figure. So that's what I'm seeing. And then also two couples therapists. So I have a total of seven individual therapists and three couples <laughs> therapists, making me a total of 10. I think I might be the front runner here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you are the winner here, Susan, in terms but, of number of therapists. Yeah, but see, it's but it's they all have different flavors and different skill sets in terms of like the tools that they are going to use. And I, I feel like if I were to have a different one, I would go and look for someone who specializes in cognitive behavioral therapy. Like I, I think I need to really break down how I think about things in a more rigorous way. So anyways, for what it's worth is that you can find someone that works for you. It is like dating. There is a so shortage, but it's all about you. And it's all about finding someone you're comfortable with and you feel safe with and that you don't feel like you're burdening them because they're your partner or your friends and you feel like, oh, I can't keep going to them for help. Like this person is paid to help you and it is your space to own. And so if you're looking, I would so encourage for you to pull that trigger and get a couple of initial appointments and just trust your intuition here. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think trust your gut like does this person do you feel like you're going to get something out of this person do you feel like this person is sincere do you feel like this person you know is really listening do you feel like you're you're going to get something out of this experience and I think those things matter so much more than you know like is this person also Asian American is this person shared the same religion like I share what Susan and Kate said in my experience as well. It's like it's more specific to your life stage, what you need, and also like the personality fit with the person, with with the therapist. It's not so much like about their, you know, on paper characteristics. Um, yeah, and it is work, but I think it's totally worth worth it. Like I personally am now at this place where I think most people could use a therapist. Like every, oh, yeah. you know, maybe not like on a weekly basis, but every once in a while, I just think everybody needs space to talk out whatever is going on in their lives. I think it helps you make better decisions, be more emotionally present and stable for the other people in your life. So, you know, I, I just think like 
it's really healthy. And I think in past, you know, societal structures, like maybe there were just more built in elements of how we live together that kind of serve that function or, or, or not. Right. But, but I think in our day and age, this, this is a fairly good tool to have in your life. What I really love about it is I'll, someone is on the other side who's heard me say stuff and maybe I've said it many times and then they can remind me that. And it's also someone who's I'm accountable to. Like, like I said, I'll, I'll brain dump on whatever's going on, whatever is making me like I'm struggling with or like really feeling angry about. And then I'll walk away with like, you know what? You're, I, these are two or three things I could try. And most of the time I, I do like out of the three, I'll do two actions. And if anything, like now I'm doing something kind of like different than my normal habit behavior. And then I'll get new information or like I'll change up my life. And my therapist is like, wow, Susan, you've like really accelerated in the time I see you. Because sometimes I'll check in with her and be like, do you think we should just meet monthly or do you think we should discontinue or where do you think we are? So I do check in with my provider and and see like how I'm doing. And if, I mean, sure, it's in their interest for me to keep doing sessions. But, you know, you can trust your intuition around that. But also like it's this great opportunity to have space to reflect on how things are going. And if you can just experiment with your own life about making new decisions about stuff, which is really cool. I think it's interesting that you always have an action item because I don't think I've ever had an action item coming out from therapy. That's just not part of, that hasn't been part of therapy for me. Maybe it will be in the future. I think for me, the thing that's really helpful is one, getting validation for my experience and emotions because I think so much of what I've experienced with my family has just been on my own. And my family definitely hasn't said like, oh, you went through this thing sometimes inflicted by us, you know, or inflicted by me. So it's just like, even the act of me telling the story and somebody like nodding their heads, like it just somehow feels much more real. So it feels very woo woo, but it's been hugely helpful for me in that way. And then also just hearing yourself talk can help. It's helped me realize some things about how I feel and why I do certain things. And so, so I think those are the two big, big functions of therapy that, that have been beneficial for me. But yeah, Faye, I hope that you find somebody great. Maybe I think if you are in the Seattle area, I don't know, maybe we could post the link to the, the website that Kate was talking about for Asian American counselors in the Seattle area. Well, you know, I think it's easy to find, but we'll also post a link to Psychology Today with the Directory for Therapists. But I, I think we would just encourage you to to not give up and just try. And hopefully you'll find somebody pretty soon. But also recognizing that it does, unfortunately, take sometimes take a little bit of work. But I think we all feel like it's ultimately worth it. Yeah, you matter and you are worth it to invest in yourself. And this will pay huge dividends. All right, friends. We hope you found something helpful, reassuring, or interesting in this episode of Model Minority Moms. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us spread the word by texting a friend about our show or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect with us, please visit our website at modelminoritymoms.com or follow us on Instagram, where we love receiving messages from our listeners.